Uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. One. All right. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Deportation Defense Live. I am your host, Otis Landerholm. I'm the founding immigration attorney at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Deportation Defense Live. Today, we're going to be talking about what is a notice to appear. All right. And we're going to be asking what is required to make a notice to appear or an NTA valid. And so thank you and welcome. Thank you for being here. And everybody who's tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, like really, thank you all so much for being here. It's a pleasure and honor of mine to have you here with me. Okay? Remember, the, the Deportation Defense Live is here to train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants who are facing deportation to make the most out of immigration law, to make the most out of their lives, and to win their cases. Are you facing removal in immigration court, or do you know someone who's facing removal in immigration court? Because if so, you know that it is not easy. It's an uphill battle. The laws are against us. And here at the Deportation Defense Live, we are here to maximize your chances of winning that case. So today our theme is, what is a notice to appear? All right? We're going to be talking about what is a notice to appear and what is required by law to make a notice to appear valid. And so as we go, if you have questions, then submit them. I'll be happy to answer them. And, um, and I'm going to go, I'm starting a little bit um, later than I normally do, so I'm going to go uh, short and sweet or, or relatively, relatively intentional, move on here today. So um, I do like to do a brief uh, empowerment tip, so, uh, so I'll start with that. My empowerment tip today is really just a question. Do you have a hobby? Do you have something that you enjoy doing or that you um, enjoy learning um, that you want to dedicate more time to. You know, because, uh, you know, you want to develop expertise at your job. But at the same time, I recommend giving yourself some time to work on improving something, making progress towards something that you just enjoy doing. Right? For me, it's the guitar. I'm enjoying playing the guitar. I play uh, pretty like 20 minutes or so every day. Um, and so uh, I'd love to play more guitar than just that. But, um, but I, I, it's something that I enjoy doing. And it's like, you know, life is too short, right? Don't just work and watch TV. Don't just work and sleep, <laughs> right? Instead, be intentional with your use of time and, and, and make time to 
improve or to make progress or to get better at something that you really enjoy doing. And um, for me, it just adds one level of, of richness to life. I really encourage that everybody take on a hobby. If you don't have one, hey, try, try one this month. See how it goes. If you don't like that one, try something else. But if you find one that you really do enjoy, heck, it can really improve the quality of your life, right? So uh, anyway, that's my empowerment tip for today. I uh, hope it's useful. Hope it's helpful. So now I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to talk about the law. And really, I'm going to talk about the notice to appear. And that's really our theme for today. And here's the way it works, all right? If immigration, uh, whether it's ICE, Immigration Customs Enforcement, or whether it's Border Patrol, um, Customs and Border Patrol at the border, or sometimes even whether it's USCIS, if immigration believes that you're here without authorization, if immigration believes that you are, you know, you've overstayed a visa or you're in violation of your immigration status in some way, and if they want to do something about it, they want to send you to court, the first step in that process is for immigration to create a document. And that document is called the Notice to Appear, all right? And in my firm, we see this document every day, right? Multiple times every day. It's very, very common to, to, you know, to have a Notice to Appear. This is, this is what our office does, okay? So, but that document is the key document in an immigration court case. That document has allegations and it has charges, all right, it's also got some information, your basic information, name, A, uh, a number, alien registration number, um, your mailing address, um, things of that nature at the top. Um, and then it has allegations and charges against you. And then it has the location, date, and time of your first hearing in immigration court on the bottom. And so receiving that, you know, um, what immigration does is they file that document to immigration court and they give you a copy, all right? After they do that, now that starts the process. That starts, quote-unquote, removal proceedings, okay? And when you have that document, now it's time to find a lawyer and now it's time to get ready to go through an immigration court process, which is a, it's often a long and slow process, okay? Uh, our office won an asylum case that started like this. Um, I want to say it started in 2018, and we won it last week. So that's five years, right? Which is common. We've got cases that have taken longer than that, you know, seven years sometimes. So this is a long and slow process, okay? But it all starts with the notice to appear. And some of the... Uh, uh, you know, some of the things to look at on the notice to appear and some of the things to talk through with your lawyer on the notice to appear include the allegations, quote unquote. Well, what are the allegations? You know, common on a notice to appear, it will say, allegation one, you are not a citizen of the United States. All right. Allegation two, you are a citizen of fill in the blank country. You are a citizen of Mexico. You are a citizen of Guatemala. You're a citizen of Japan. You know, whatever country you're a citizen of, all right? 
Allegation number three, it'll say, you entered the U.S. on such and such a date, at such and such a time, with such and such a visa, or without inspection, or whatever, you know? Sometimes it'll say you entered the U.S. at an unknown date, at an unknown time, and were never inspected and admitted by an immigration officer, okay? Often, um, allegation number four is something like, you violated the terms of your visa or your immigration status by fill in the blank, you know, by working in the U.S. in violation of the student visa, for example, by, you know, uh, uh, not by overstaying uh, your visa, um, or by committing X, Y, and Z crime, perhaps, or, you know, it could, there could be lots of different things that they are alleging were the violations of the law that caused you to be put into removal proceedings. Got it? Now, those are allegations. They might be correct, and they might not be correct, right? Imagine you're from Mexico, and your notice to appear has an error on it, and, and it says that they're alleging that you're a citizen of, you know, say, Chile or something, right? Well, if that were the truth, if, if that were on your notice to appear, then don't admit that allegation. Those are just allegations. You don't have to admit them. In fact, there are times where the best strategy is, hey, we're denying every one of these allegations, all right? And sometimes that's part of the strategy for how to present your case. Just because the government has alleged it on a notice to appear doesn't mean they're right, all right? We've seen them make mistakes. We've seen them get it wrong. And when they get it wrong, it's like you gotta, you gotta push back on that point in immigration court or else you're gonna waive that issue, right? So it's, it, it becomes very important for your strategy, for your case, for your options in the future to really be a stand that, you know, you don't accept any of these allegations if they're not true, okay? After the allegations on a notice to appear, there will be a charge, right? Sometimes multiple charges, charges of deportability or removability, all right? For example, they might say, we charge that you are deportable under INA section 237A1C for failure to maintain or to violate your visa, all right? Failure to maintain or violate visa. Um, that's, that's section 237A1C. But there are lots of different, you know, section 212, a and Section 237A um, have all kinds of uh, legal issues that can cause removability, okay? And so look carefully at the charge and see, does that charge actually apply to you? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, okay? And so, and if it doesn't, then don't concede that charge. You want to push back. You want to deny that charge. You want to fight about it. We've had people that were put into immigration court who should not have been there, who never violated the terms of the visa. Immigration thought that they did, right? But they actually didn't. They thought that there was some kind of fraud or some kind of misrepresentation somewhere. Well, no, it was a mistake. It wasn't an intentional misrepresentation. So we're not going to admit to that. We're going to fight about that. You know, that's part of defending somebody in court. Okay. So what are the things that need to be on that notice to appear? Well, you know, you got to look at Section 239 of the Immigration Nationality Act. 
And they list, Congress listed nine things that need to be, that, the, that immigration needs to do in order to successfully start immigration court proceedings. All right? So the NTA must include nine things. I'll go through them super fast. All right? One, the nature of the proceedings, typically right in the first line of. Two, the legal authority for the proceedings. Three, the factual allegations showing a violation of the law. We just looked at examples of, violate, of allegations. Four, the charges, legal charges against the respondent. We just looked at that. Five, it's got to have language there that the respondent, the, the, the immigrant, has the right to be represented by counsel, all right, or may be represented by counsel, not at an expense of the government, but they can hire their own attorney. Six, that the respondent must immediately provide their address and phone number. That's part of the, part of the process. Seven, that a failure to update your contact information, including your mailing address, can be held against the client. All right? Eight, that, uh, that they have to include the time and place of the proceedings. That's very important. We'll talk about that in a second. And nine, that the respondent will be ordered removed in absentia, in their absence, if the respondent fails to appear. Okay? All of that stuff needs to be present in the notice to appear. And what happens if it's not? Well, now you've got some arguments. For example, there's been cases in the last several years, there have been cases, all right, Niz Chavez, Pereira, some other cases saying, right, Bermudez Castro, some other cases that um, uh, have alleged problems and have actually dismissed or closed or terminated, or reopened, or, you know, there's lots of different things that can happen when the government doesn't comply with this, especially if they don't put the location, the date, and time of the hearing on the notice to appear. Okay? So what do you do if your NTA doesn't have a hearing date or your hearing location on it? Well, talk to your lawyer. Right? Talk to your lawyer. You might be eligible to get your case terminated. You might be eligible to argue your case should be dismissed. You might at least be, argue, be eligible to argue that filing the notice to appear didn't stop time against you for the purpose of applying for cancellation of removal. You know, um, That's huge. It, you, 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 you can use the fact that the government didn't follow their written process correctly in your favor, all right? And you might not do that in, you know, every case is, is different and nuanced, so you want to look at that carefully, but talk it over with your lawyer because sometimes that can be a complete game changer to the outcome of your immigration case. It can give you additional options that you didn't even know you had. Okay, including, I'm just going to say it because there's recently been cases on this at the circuit court level, okay, including if somebody was ordered deported, ordered removed, maybe they didn't get the hearing notice, right? But if, you, if somebody was ordered deported 
and you look back and the notice to appear was faulty from the beginning, now you have a stronger argument. You have a strong argument to be able to reopen that case and say, look, I shouldn't have even been in court to begin with. The government didn't follow its protocols, and so now I shouldn't be subject to a deportation order against me. That's to do that, you need to file a motion to reopen. All right? But um, anyway, so I wanted to say all of that stuff. That's basically it. That's basically my talk for today. And so um, I hope it's useful. I hope it's helpful. Um, you know, um, I'm sorry that I don't have time really to answer questions today. I'm looking at the time. I've got to get into this episode in Spanish. Um, but if you have questions, please still submit them to me, and I will, update, I will upload my answers to those questions to our channel in YouTube, okay? Now, to see that, please subscribe to our channel in YouTube and click the notifications bell, and we'll get you, you know, you'll be notified whenever we update or upload an additional video with legal updates, news, things of that nature, okay? And so, anyway, I hope that was helpful. I hope it was. And thank you all so much for being here. And thanks to everybody on YouTube and Facebook and TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. Like, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And if you have an immigration case, hey, please give us a call. We are here to help. We would love to help. And um, that's all I got, folks. Thanks a lot so much. Gagastikal, I see you here on Instagram. And Montenant, hello, I see you here on Instagram. And Sam, da Sam Davis, hello, I see you there on Instagram. Thanks to each of you. And everybody on TikTok and YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. I mean, hey, thank you all so much. So uh, my name is Otis Landerholm. I'm the founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream. And we will see you on our next episode of Deportation Defense Live. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.